Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander Orc, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going, man? I am sick now. I'm going to do my best to keep my hand on the uh, the mute button, so if I have a coughing fit, I don't have to worry about editing it later. But my voice is not great right now, so we'll see how this goes. So what did Nurgle offer you? Um... It's a good question. I still haven't gotten the uh, letter yet. So. <laughs> ah, see, you shouldn't have taken the deal before you know you got the boon. That's that's how he gets you. But he's such a good salesman. You'd be surprised, considering <laughs> you know he's slimy. Anyway, speaking of giant booger monsters, children, particularly young children, <laughs> they like to, at least back when we were young children, they like to play with physical toys and not just... You know, tablets of that's not me being grouchy old man like, oh, back in my day, I, I <laughs> love that that young kids now can play with video games a lot earlier. That's probably fine. But physical, you know, manipulatable toys just aren't the same kind of they don't seem to be as prevalent. Yeah, I don't think they're the same prominence. I've gone shopping for my niece, nephew and daughter and the toy aisle still is incredibly well stocked, but it doesn't feel the same. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Toys of our childhood. But first, as always, we're going to thank the people that, you know, make this entire endeavor possible week to week. Those are our lovely, lovely patrons. And they are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McKinn, and Chris Chipman. Now, if you'd like to get me to say your name on, you know, the air, all you got to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. It literally is 25 cents an episode. And think about all the money you spend week to week and think about all the enjoyment we bring you week to week. And I think you'll make the right decision. Well, that is assuming we bring you, you know, joy week to week, which we hope we do. <laughs> so, if you're listening to us and we're not bringing you joy, why are you here? Uh, obligation. Obligation. Let's move on from that depressing note. So, <laughs> what kind of... All right, actually, I'll, I'll get kick us off because when I think of toys from my childhood, immediately the first thing jumps to my mind, Beast Wars. I watched Beast Wars like every Saturday morning. It was on like six o'clock in the morning. So I had a reason to get up and I collected every one of those toys I could. I, I love bastard. Yeah. I love transformers, but I particularly love the animal ones. Cause I'm not really, I'm not a gearhead. I was never into cars. So the regular transformers that turned into cars and tanks and stuff like that, I didn't care, but the beast wars, you know, turning into a uh, cheetor. Well, yeah. Cause they kept, you know, giving evolved forms, which at the time, your kids like oh cool but from a toy marketing sense it's like all right them cheetors they ain't moving let's uh let's let's make a new new version of them for the record they were called trans metals if i remember correctly oh that's right god that show was awesome yeah and i had a i had a really big optimus primal toy that was like probably a foot tall you know which for a yeah. you know, manipulatable toy that's pretty large size and i had the megatron one too whose t-rex hand would, would be a squirt gun it was awesome. I always wanted that one. I never got that one as a kid. And then I had the shark, which I don't ever remember being in the show, but he was a hammerhead shark. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember. See, I had the uh, the manta ray, which... Was, was he a manta ray, maybe? I'm, I just don't remember a shark. I remember a big manta ray toy. That it might have been a manta ray. It's been a really long time, and I never had many Transformers. I never know why. I know the manta ray came out at the same time as Inferno, who was the fire ant. So they were both these really huge toys. And I don't remember the manta ray being in the show, but I do remember Inferno being in the show because he always referred to Megatron as my queen. No, Mom, I know you're listening. Why wasn't I allowed Transformers? My brother's got Transformers. Also, I was definitely one of those kids that maybe this is not, not unusual, but I did not follow the instructions at all. Part of the enjoyment was to figure out how to transform it on my own. See, that was Krug's thing, because he got big into Transformers, and he would always toss the instructions and then try and transform them himself, and then give up halfway through, and then bring it to me and go, hey, can you put this together for me? Well, that maybe explains why Krug is an engineer. Like, so. Yeah, but he never was able to complete them. That was like, yeah, yeah. I still remember he got Unicron, and that was like a two-day process. Wasn't the Unicron toy like several feet tall? It was like three feet tall, yeah. It had to be a planet. It was pretty large. My parents made a special trip to Toys R Us to get it for his birthday, I think. I don't think I had a single G1 Transformers toy. Like, I just wasn't interested in them. So I had a couple leftovers. Because, again, my older brothers, they had the G1 Transformers. And I had a couple, you know, here and there. But they were mostly lost to time. I Again, I loved Beast Wars. I wanted Beast Wars. I never got that many Beast Wars toys. And I don't know why. Again, I'm asking my mom, who I know is listening. 
I think the only the only actual non Beast Wars Transformer I had was at one point I had a an Optimus Prime that was combined with the um the spaceship. Oh yeah. So it was like two Transformers put together. That thing. Was Man, cool. you know the hardcore Transformer listeners at home are going to be yelling at us in the comments, right? Yeah, but I was never a big Transformers fan. Like I said, I love Beast Wars. I love it that. Was hell before times, and Beast Wars was amazing. I still think Beast Wars is great. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say. I'd argue it still it holds up. The animation is really dated. It's very bad '90s CG, but the voice cast is so game for what's going on that the show the is just. The stories are good. Yeah, and the stories are great, especially anything to do with Dinobot. I had that toy too, yeah. and you could like press a button and make his weapon spin. It was awesome. I always wanted Dinobot because I was a kid. I loved dinosaurs. And I had a theory as a kid, and I've been asking people around. I believed as a kid that you fell into three categories of toys out of, you know, the greater collective of toys. You were a dinosaur kid. You were a construction, you know, tractor kid. You were an army guy kid. You were a car kid or you were a sports kid. And you always had one of those three as your core category. That's five, not three, but... Uh... I know, but I'm saying you had three out of that category. You were one of the, you were three of those things. Like me, I was dinosaurs, uh, army guys, and tractors. Yeah, you like must three... be... I feel like you're missing something. Um... I'm sure there is. And this is just, you know, remembering back what I saw in other kids. I'm sure there were... I mean, I guess their girls had dolls, but I never understood dolls. I still don't fully understand dolls, and I have a daughter. I, I understand dolls. But, for instance, my, my toys, I, I would say that put a sixth category of just cartoon toys because most of my toys came from action figures cartoon. yeah yeah action figures there you go because like i said beast wars is my main one but my my second one that i think of teenage mutant turtles i had so many different turtles toys i was gonna say you had to you i know you're a turtles kid we grew up in you know the boon of the turtles toys yeah and i had so many turtles toys that they were doing a thing where i don't know if they were from the show or a comic or anything they just released these toys they're like Let's throw ideas at the wall. Like, let's make Michelangelo into a robot that shoots pizzas out of his chest. I, yeah, I, I think I that was, it. like, near the end of the run, they were just doing anything to push new toys. Yeah, so I had I had tons of those. I remember when I was young, I had one set that were my, my favorite. Just a, not even a set. I had, a, I think, a Leonardo and a Raphael, and that's it. But they were some special kind of plastic where their joints were very easily movable. But they didn't feel like they weren't hard plastic. They were like soft plastic, so it felt almost, well, like better term, fleshy. And huh. they were they were like my favorite turtle. And I could never find, you know, the the other ones, especially because I'm a Donatello kid, so I could never get Donatello. But those toys were awesome, and they were simple. They were they weren't mutated. I mean, other than being Team and T, but they weren't like separate or different from what the show. They were just the straight up, straightforward, no frills turtle toys. They just happen to be made of like a really cool material, you know? Yeah. No, I I had a neighbor kid. He had a bunch of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Never really got into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was a fan of Street Sharks while that was on. I had some Street Sharks. I remember I had a uh, I had what's the killer whale? Slamu. No, no, that's that's the whale shark. The killer whale is killer. I thought his name was. I don't know. I'm telling you, Slamu was the whale shark because that, that was. That doesn't one... make sense though. Well, because he was the biggest one. He would, like, slam. Yeah, things. but Slamu is a play on Shamu, the killer whale at SeaWorld. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm always could be wrong. But I remember I had the, the whale shark toy, and I had the killer whale toy, and I had the the villain, uh, Pyranoid, uh, something like that. Yeah, again, I always wanted those as a kid, never really got them. And I think, I don't know, maybe it was because my mom was, you know, very much anti-violence. But I can tell you the one thing I had a ton of, and that was army guys, the little plastic army guys. So yeah, I was associate those with Toy Story. I wanted the ones from Toy Story with the little, you know, parachutes so bad. By the way, it's hilarious that you say, oh, my mother was anti-violent. Army figures. I also wasn't allowed to watch uh, Power Rangers because it was too violent, but Godzilla was perfectly okay. Uh, that, yeah, that... Uh, not as make a whole lot of sense, obviously. The theory I'm working with is my uncle wanted to watch, you know, babysat me during the day, and he was oh he loved you know genre sci-fi and Godzilla so that was the compromise. I guess I I know I didn't have any Power Rangers toys because I wasn't a big fan of at all. I had a couple Godzilla toys. I even had. Oh. I mean, now I hate obviously the 1998 Zilla with Matthew mm -hmm. Broderick. But at the time, I had one of those toys that was very very well done. It could like scream and make the sound, and it shot like a 
a fire projectile out of its mouth. It was pretty cool. All right, let's talk Godzilla, because that is something I had a lot of Godzilla toys. Yeah, I had a I had a Mothra toy, I had a Gigan toy. I had several different versions of Godzilla. I have been recently rewatching old, you know, Toho Godzillas, and it got me thinking about all the various Godzilla toys I had, you know, growing up. I had like a white regular wind-up Godzilla that shot sparks. I had two inflatable Godzillas, both original Toho Godzilla and, you know, 98 Zilla that bolstered over six feet tall. Wow. And then I still remembered, I've been trying to remember the pet figure. I got a collection of little Godzilla figures, and there was Godzilla, Space Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mecha Ghidorah, Rodan, Gigan, Biomantis. You mean Biolanti? That's the one. Did I already say Mecha Godzilla? You already did. Who else was in there? There was like 10 awesome little Godzilla figures. And again, as a kid, Godzilla was custom made for me because I love dinosaurs and I loved army guys. Godzilla combined those two things together. I know I had a space Godzilla toy because I have a very strong memory of the crystals on the shore and like using them to move the arms. Because if I haven't made it clear, when I was a kid, the toys being able to move, you know, the more movable they were, that was a big deal for me. I didn't like toys that were very... I think that's another reason why I didn't like car toys, because all that moved on them was the wheels, but there's not, like, moving parts. I like moving parts, you know? Yeah, never... That wasn't a thing, because like I said, I loved Little Plastic Army Guys. I had all sorts of crazy... I actually had the D-Day landing set of Army Guys, so movability didn't really work for me. But I wasn't a car kid either. Like, Hot Wheels, they were fun to set up once, but I never saw the appeal after that. Yeah, I I remember I had a a King Kong that was battery operated that would like move forward on its own and make sounds. And that was one of my favorite things when I was very young. I think I had one of those too. Like I said, I had a lot of Godzilla stuff because me and my cousin, we both loved Godzilla. Like that was the big thing. And I still, to this day, do not know why Godzilla took off so much in the nineties, but he did. I would say because in the nineties, the era was most of the movies that are being released were treating Godzilla. So he became kind of, well, a heroic character as opposed to the, you know, metaphor for horror that he... I mean, Godzilla was great as a character for a lot of and great as a force and a plot device. I, I adore Godzilla, but he was much more child-friendly in the movies that were getting released in the States in the 90s. I don't know. I've been going back and re-watching a lot of those. Godzilla's the bad guy in a lot of them, but I also remember as a kid, I wasn't paying attention to the plot I was there for when Godzilla comes and smashes stuff. And I also distinctly remember rationalizing Godzilla's action of, he doesn't mean to step on people. It's like when I step on an ant. Oh, man, I love Godzilla. And here's one I want to see. I don't know if you'll have as much of it. I had, you know, older brothers and they had friends and stuff. I got hand-me-down. And I got these kick-ass toys, which I now know were called Mask. I don't know if you've ever heard of Mask. I remember seeing commercials for it recently like when i was looking up you know 90s commercials and stuff but i is that a acronym for some sort of military thing yeah i don't remember what it means it's kind of like shield someone really wanted the acronym to spell out mask okay i I didn't have those no i had these because i got a huge box of toys from my brother's friends and this is one of the coolest toys of the 80s and they're making a movie and they need to bring toys back but here's what mask was you got these little tiny, you know, figures, and they had, you know, dorky mask helmets. That was okay. But they also had vehicles that transformed into other things. So Transformers. <laughs> sort of. I had a purple Roadster. I, don't, like a Del- I think it was a DeLorean, to be honest with you. Because it had the go-wing doors, and the go-wing doors flipped up, and the wheels, you know, flipped down. And something like a propeller popped out of the back, and it became a hovercraft. And then I had a motorcycle that transformed into a helicopter. I had a monster truck that had a giant cannon climb out of the back, had a van that became an anti-air gun, and a semi-truck that pulled a giant missile launcher. So would you say, when you played with these toys, what kind of things would you do? I feel like I there's... I was a... war. All right, you were... So you were planning out... Or you were, you were fantasizing about fictional wars between two forces, right? Yeah, I have been told from people that they used to, you know, see me playing out in the garden. They'd come up and ask me what I was doing. And I would, you know, lay out going, I had detailed military strategies about how my dinosaurs were going to flank around the left when my armor pushed up the center and I had air support in the rear. And they're like, holy shit, this kid's going to be a Napoleon. Hmm. I think I was much more of a single combat kind of fan. I did a lot of just one toy on one toy kind of play out scenarios, you know. 
No, I had a fleet of Tonka trucks and buckets of army guys. We I created whole battlefields and played them out over days. That sounds extensive. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny looking back on it now. It's like, there's no is there any wonder I'm into, you know, tabletop war games? I was about to say. <laughs> I spent my childhood, you know, lining up my army guys, and now I, you know, spend far too much money doing the same thing. How about, did you ever get any of the toys that were like, be a, be a chemist, you know? Like, make your own candy or, or stuff like that. Because I didn't get any of those. I remember seeing him and I was wanting to do it. Yeah, it was uh, Dr. Horrible's... What was another than Dr. Horrible's? Somebody, I remember. They was like the boys' version of the... Uh, Easy Bake Oven, essentially. Easy Bake Oven, yeah. No, I never got those because my mom always said they were too messy. I desperately wanted a Creepy Crawler Maker, though, when I was little. And one year I finally got one. But they didn't, it didn't come with a light bulb. Oh, no light bulb. Yeah, because you have to have a special light bulb to, you know, cook the molds. Uh, yeah. And as many of you know, and I've talked before, we lived in the backwoods. So that meant a special trip into town. And we could never remember to either A, buy the light bulb, or B, buy the right light bulb. So I had a creepy crawler maker that I wanted that I could never use. Oh, lame. Yeah, I'm almost to the point of like, I'm an adult. I can buy a creepy crawler maker and live out that childhood fantasy of giving myself third-degree burns. <laughs> you certainly could. Did you, how about, how about... Those toys that they sell in like grocery stores that were eggs or you put them in water and they grow into like big squishy kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a period. I had a bunch of those because, I mean, they were you bought them at the you know grocery store checkout line. I used to get them from all sorts of families. My family members, I had an alien one that grew to like six inches tall and filled a pitcher full, uh, you know, two gallon pitcher full of water with these weird, you know, cubes. I had an alien one. No, I love those. Those are cool. And I don't know if you ever had them, but the crystal growing kits. No, I never had that. Crystal yeah, growing like, kit. That sounds like, was that like rock candy? Well, it wasn't edible stuff, but they like had this little plastic tank, fish tank, tiny, like maybe four inches tall. And these colored little, you know, pebbles you put in, then you added the chemicals. And then over like three days, they would grow into these big neon crystals. That's really neat. I don't remember even seeing commercials for that. Ah, I don't think these weren't, again, these are things, I don't know. I want to say, again, this was a checkout store item, but we may have also got it from the Smithsonian calendar. Did you, uh, not calendar, uh, magazine. No, you're talking to the wrong guy about that, man. <laughs> oh, man, my older brother got that. And we only ever got like a couple toys from it because one, it was super fucking spendy, but they had some of the best science toys. Mm. Like I remember I one year I got a dinosaur set. They came complete with a rock formation, like 30-some dinosaurs. And this is the best part, cavemen. Explain that one to me. What, cavemen? The cavemen with the dinosaurs? Out of a seems... Smithsonian magazine. Um, I don't have an explanation for you. Like, it seems like it's something kids would want to play with. It's in movies. Why not? I get it. But like, all the dinosaurs had their full, you know, names on the stomach. Had really cool rock formations. And then cavemen, which, yeah, I love. I'm like... Wait a second, cavemen didn't live with dinosaurs, but then again, as a kid, it's like, but I have always wanted this caveman to fight a T-Rex. You know, I think the main reason why I wasn't a dinosaur is because I basically never, ever found dinosaur toys that had any movable parts. They were always those solid brick-like things, and I didn't have a lot of fun with that, so. Didn't bother me at all. Man, you remember when Jurassic Park came out and the toys they put out? Yes, I remember having the T-Rex. So. Oh, I had a cousin in the T-Rex. I always wanted the T-Rex. The most I ever got was the pterodactyl and a couple raptors. You know, I think I, as a child, I valued, what's the word, like permeability so much and that I, in my imagination, could kind of take over that. For instance, one of my favorite things growing up, I don't know if you can call it a toy. I mean, probably, but I don't know how many eggs of Silly Putty that I got. But Silly I Putty played, was solid. Yeah, I played that. Or with that so much because it's just a putty. So I could, you can, and I liked it way more than Play Doh. I, I hate Play Doh because Play Doh would stay on your hands. It smelled terrible. I it, thought it smelled okay. I hated that you can't ever, you know, make anything with Play Doh because the minute they touch, they become bonded forever and then your Play Doh becomes rainbow. Yeah. So I much preferred Silly Putty because Silly Putty, well, it wouldn't really stick to your hands at all. And it didn't smell like really anything, so I could just I'd make little figures out of silly putty, or I'd just play around making it like string and just mess with that for long periods of time. It was probably the easiest way to pass the time for me. I cannot tell you how many road trips were maintained through silly putty. 
I remember that I had one particular orange egg, Silly Putty, that I had like three different containers worth of Silly Putty inside. And I didn't care what the color, but it was just it was just enough to hold all three of them. And that that particular egg of Silly Putty, I think I had that for several years. So yeah. No, speaking of durability, Tonka toys. Did you ever own any Tonka? No, I did not like Tonka. I remember when I got a little older, babysitting some kids who, not babysitting, but being around some younger kids who had Tonka toys. And I just, I don't get it. I, I didn't get it at the time. I still only barely get it. Man, I had every Tonka they made, partially because Tonka used to offer a lifetime guarantee. So again, older siblings, I inherited their Tonka. But I still remember one Christmas, my mom, you know, tells this story. There was a Tonka, a new Tonka truck that came out. And it was a bulldozer complete with his own trailer. And she sent my older brother and his girlfriend to the Toys R Us with, you know, specific instructions, get this for him for Christmas. And it was awesome. I love Tonka trucks. Like, I still love Tonka trucks. I'm kind of glad they're starting to see a comeback in metal. But no, nah, man, I, I loved construction vehicles i love digging in the dirt and again i use my you know tractors to dig trenches for my army guys well speaking of construction we gotta mention the ultimate construction toy growing up which was lego i mean fuck lego ah that, that's what the stance you're taking yes okay. why if i ask because i only ever had one lego set as a kid and it was a lego t-rex and i was so excited and my mom spent like two days helping me build it and we got it all set up and it was cool. And then the leg snapped and the whole thing shattered into a thousand pieces. And we never bothered with it again because that's what happened every time I played with Legos is they would never stay together. I, I have said this multiple times. If you get my daughter Legos, I will be the father that treats Legos like models and glue the pieces together. Oh my God. You're one of those kind of people. Oh. Yes. They hurt to step on. They're overpriced. They never stay together. No, you I mean, want to talk about construction toys. I will talk about connects all day. But they literally, literally the Lego movie. Out, hey, this guy is too rigid about you. One's going to glue that together, which completely defeats the point of Legos. And this kid teaches him how to treat Legos like a toy properly. Like they're you like are literally $150 set toys. Only if you buy the ridiculous sets, yeah. But if you just buy general Legos, which is what you know a normal kid would have, and you can make anything out of them, that's like, the point. I used to get the Lego magazine. I loved looking in that magazine and looking at those toys. And I'm like, man, that'd be cool. My mom's like, no, you're going to lose the pieces. They're going to get everywhere. And do you remember what happened with the T-Rex? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I hate sounds that like, T-Rex. Sounds like your mom poisoned you to Legos. Maybe. I don't know. Krug had a whole bunch of Legos. Like, he loved Legos and... Maybe I hated putting them together for him. I don't know. I thought Legos looked so cool put together. I never understood this desire to break them down into their individual parts. Again, connects. That was where it was at. It was the actual building is what is fun. Again, so, connects. They stay together. Yeah, but, I, okay, I never had understand for that kind of thing because the stuff that stays together, I, I don't do models because models just take up space and they're a waste of space. The act of building itself is what is fun. So I like putting something together just to tear it down and put it together differently. So why would I spend all that time putting it together for it to fall apart at the slightest? Because piece? the act is what is fun. The journey, not the destination, Auric. No, totally different. Again, I will, I loved connects. I built towers and bridges and buildings and robots and all sorts of great things out of connects. Do they, are they still around? I think so. I kind of want to get some for my nephew because he loves building stuff. He's still got a couple of my old Legos. And I still remember I when I was like real young, I got a big old starter box, and you know I don't know if you know what Lego uh, connects are. Sounds familiar, but uh, a lot of plastic rods and kind of like think uh, plastic erector sets. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I didn't, I didn't like those. Those were a pain oh, to me. I loved those. I could build all sorts of things, but I got you know a starter set one year for Christmas when I was real young, and of course as things happen, you know you lose pieces over time. And I remember one day my mom and I went into Goodwill and we found like four gallon bags of just random Connects pieces, and it was one of the happiest days of my life because I got to you know not only refill my entire stock, but I also every year I would try and build a bigger Connects tower and every year i ran out of pieces so it became harder but that year i built one that i think was eight feet tall and then i began to engineer trying to find ways to make it stable because i like my stuff to stay together 
Okay, all right. Let me let me try to put this at least just for perspective in kind of a modern term. When I play a video game, like any video game, the goal is not to have a file that is completed that just stays there and is proof of my completion. No, the goal is just to have. I have deleted so many 100% complete files in very various games because the act of playing the game itself, of the journey of getting there, is what is the point, is what is fun. Having something just be done and sit there and take up space is actually infuriating for me because I have a very, like, I don't like clutter. And stuff that just sits there and takes up space is clutter for me. See, this is a great example into how different our psyches are. Sure. That's why I just kind of wanted to illustrate that. So the only the only toys that you constructed that I didn't take apart after constructing them were the Bionicle toys because I felt like you were constructing an action figure, and then once you had it in that action figure state, like that was man. Do you remember the evolution of Bionicles? I remember that I liked the original Bionicles and that I liked the snake-headed ones, and I don't remember anything else after that. Man, that's like I remember because again I had Lego magazines, so I remember the first prototypes. Two Bionicles. They weren't called Bionicles, but they still flung those little discs. And I remember, because green was my favorite color, I always got like the green one of every iteration of Bionicle up until, I think, then they said they switched to balls instead. But that was actually a really cool design because, again, you put it together, it stayed together. Well, that, that's why I asked like, if those things are still around in your life, because is there not? If they are, and you don't know, then what's the point? And if they aren't, also, what's the point? Unless you're going to, like, enshrine them. And even then, it's like, it seems like a waste of space to me. See, but... here's the weird thing. You're an engineer and I'm not. You're all about building things to last. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a civil engineer. That's what civil engineers do. I am more about building the next thing. Like, as an electrical engineer, I'm like, all right, let's make the best thing we can make. As soon as it's done, move on to making the next thing that's better. Just keep on always building. The actual act of building that is fun. No, I wanted my Lego. I want my. I just want my Lego dinosaur to be a Lego dinosaur and not fall over. But I think we can both agree, Mega Blocks sucked. Yes, yes, they did. But they were oh. too big to allow you to make anything with any fidelity. That you. They wish. had cool <clears throat> concepts, but they were so horrible. Yeah, they didn't work. Oh, but no. The topic of action figures. You reminded me. I, don't, I didn't, <laughs> didn't have a lot of action figures, but I will never forget. What sticks in my mind is one of the best Christmases ever. And it was because this I got a Power Ranger Megazord of the Zeos. I don't know if you remember them at all. It sounds familiar, but... They were the Wo- geometric-shaped ones. Woonvog would be the guy to talk to. He watches yeah, that's what I was thinking. You don't know Power Rangers. But yeah, I got the Zeo Megazord and a Sentinel from X-Men. How big was a Sentinel? Uh, they were both like two and a half feet tall, maybe three feet tall. It's a pretty tall toy. Yeah, and the thing I remember about the Sentinel is it came with Wolverine, Gambit, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Storm. He had a launching fist, a grabbing fist, and a compartment in his chest and his leg. And I got to make X-Men fight Power Rangers. And just, oh, that was awesome. I had video games when I was very young. I remember being like five years old and playing on my Nintendo. So it's not like I didn't have video games. I just also had a big chest full of toys. Oh, by the yeah, way, Sega and Nintendo. By the way, my um, did you have a like a chest? Like, where did you store your toys? Ah, uh, yeah, I had a toy chest for a little while, and then we moved. And then I had how to describe a toy shelf? I guess. I mean, it was about four feet by four feet by eight. Shelf? Could you reach it? That seems like a weird. Yeah, it was four feet from the ground, and then it oh. went back four feet, and it was about four feet wide, and it was about eight feet tall. Yeah, I had I had the big wooden chest that on the flat in the top, and the whole thing was painted by my mother. Yeah, so. I had one of those at first, but again, we moved places. We had more space. I remember when I was fairly young, I had seen Toy Story, and Toy Story terrified me because I suddenly <laughs> I suddenly became I felt guilty if I didn't play with all the toys. The idea yep. of being stuck alone and sentient. And not being able to do anything, just stuck in the darkness forever, was horrifying. So yeah, I had a little bit of that. Plus, I also knew my parents, you know, were regularly recycle toys and donate them if I didn't play with them long enough, or you play with them often enough. And you know, as a kid, you kind of get that hoarding complex. It's like, oh, I haven't played with this toy in a while, and I don't want to be mad at me, and I sure as hell don't want my parents to give it away. I always remember thinking my toys were jealous when I brought home a new toy. Again, probably because of Toy Story. 
I feel like in general that gave me the kind of complex I have now uh, humanizing or personifying inanimate objects. <laughs> like how I've named my laptops, for instance. Never named a computer. Named a car, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an expensive piece of technology you own. Why not name it? That when I put together, I want it to stay put together. Yeah, okay. That's a little different, though. <laughs> That's very different. A lot of reasons. Anyway, so. <laughs> I know I'm going to get shit from the Lego purists going, how dare you? Well, no, no. It's okay. I want to say, I do think there's a fair psychologically interesting division here because it's the journey versus the destination, right? I would argue that there's so many movies that argue that the journey is more important than the destination. But point is, the difference in psychological uh, ideas here is that I, I, as a kid, valued just the act of creating the fleeting kind of moment that I could recreate over and over again of creating something. You, on the other hand, wanted something that lasts. I'd actually argue that this is probably where your obsession with the idea of legacies starts, or the idea of creating something that lasts for as long as it can last. Like, that is what you were trying to accomplish. You felt maybe you had pride in that or something like that. But oh, yeah, I was a little empire builder. I still remember, you know, building you know, a nice, big dirt patch to play in yeah i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying that you're coming from a psychological need so. oh yeah no i totally understand man we had some good toys growing up well yeah it's funny because i know that I've, I've watched some people online talk about how your know, movies and stuff they come out today from certain companies are in some ways very much still trying to sell those toys like particularly anything from hasbro or even marvel it's like, all right, get your kids to buy these toys. Or get you, you know, yourself to buy these toys. There's a Punisher action figure I'm eyeing. See, it's funny because now that I'm older and I have that, that when I mentioned before, I can't stand clutter. I can't stand physical toys anymore. They just take up space in my life. Like, I've had some friends get me Funko Pops. And I understand the appeal of Funko Pops. But for me, I'm going to stick it in a box because if I put it up somewhere, it's just not, it's just going to take up space and make me feel... Like, I'm claustrophobic, the more stuff that's around me. Like, for years, for years, when I was in high school, everyone, especially my girlfriend's family, kept getting me wolf figurines and statues and stuff. I, I love remember. wolves. Yeah, and I love wolves. But I got this point where I had these boxes filled with wolf statues. And I was like, I, I'm not going to do anything with these, because if I put them up somewhere, then I'm, I'm always... Maybe it's because I moved around so much when I was younger, but I like living in a state where it is not difficult to move, you know? Yeah. And no, the wolf thing is its own problem. Eventually, you only need so much of one thing. I know, I'm kind of like, Slagathor is the same mindset as you, but she also collects Funko, so make of that what you will. I like looking at stuff, and, you know, I like collecting stuff. Like, that is the other thing I remember driving me crazy as a kid, was any of those little quarter toy machines in the stores that had, like, five separate colored ninjas. I was obsessed with getting them all. I love collecting stuff. It's terrible because, you know, I have a mountain of books. I have a mountain of movies. I've got a mountain of, you know, 40K miniatures. And now I'm looking at, you know, action figures going, oh, man, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm definitely the idea. How about growing up? How about toys that were very, what's the word? Like, by their very nature, they had to be refilled. For instance, one of my favorite toys I remember growing up was Silly string, not just regular silly string. The silly string that came in a Spider-Man glove. Yeah, I remember those. I had that briefly. Was not a fan. See, I adored the hell out of it, but you'd get one afternoon of playing out of it. Uh -huh. So. Yep, and that just, to me, is like, okay, and now it's not good for anything. I hated toys like that. You know, the other ones that I had a love-hate relationship was, do you remember Mighty Max at all? Mighty Max. It was no, the boy version of Polly Pocket. It sounds familiar, but I don't know what Polly Pocket is either. It was just, you know, these little play worlds that fit in your palm or, you, you know, fit in your pocket. Mighty Max was the whore fantasy version of that. And you got these little tiny figures, about micro-machine sized, and a play world. And I loved them because the worlds were so cool. But I hated them because the minute you lose that Mighty Max figure, you just have a cool 3D playset. Same thing with micro-machines. Loved them, but at the same time hated them because the minute you lost those little cars, that was it. Well, I never understood. Like, I just would rather have an RC car. And RC cars oh, are awesome. RC cars are awesome. See, you didn't have brothers, but I did, as I've said many times before. 
And my parents, you know, would always buy us RC cars because they got really cheap around Christmas. And, you know, mm. what was the fun of just one? Kids fight over them. We would make ours fight. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd done that with cousins. I've got cousins. Oh, that's true. No, I still remember one of the best ones we ever got were these little wedges that, you know, would flip either way. And my yes. uncle's like, oh, that way, you know, they're never going to get stuck. And my brother's like, they're indestructible. We can ram them harder. But no, that was one of the great things about RC cars is that you didn't need a track or anything. You just, as long as you had the car, batteries, and the controller, you make your own fun. You make jumps and, and stuff like that for them. The, the best ones, obviously, are the ones that had huge tires so that they couldn't get stuck easily because the ones yeah. that try to replicate actual cars tended to suck. So. Yeah, no, you wanted monster trucks or something big and cool. I you remember, needed, you know, that you needed the oomph. The ones I liked were usually shaped like like buggies or like uh, mm -hmm. Formula One cars, where the the car was very tiny but the t the tires were huge. So. Yeah, and that's the thing that I know. I see people at my hobby shop all the time spending ridiculous amounts on rc cars and i don't understand that as an adult did you ever have an rc plane because i never did oh so many and they always ended up the same way stuck in trees crashing in the pond crashing in the creek i had a rc yeah i had an rc helicopter but i never those things were the devil yeah they're impossible to steer yeah who thought that was a good idea you just spent all the christmas morning crashing into everything <laughs> it's kind of what was fun though <laughs> admittedly I always, I remember I had a little gas-powered, what was it? Blackhawk. You know, it was one of those gas-powered ones. Mm, vaguely. Yeah, well, was, and I remember I got it for Christmas. We had to wait till spring to fly it because we had to get the stuff for it. And I remember my brother, older brother, helped me, you know, put it together and everything. And we went to fire it up, and it never worked. I think I remember dealing with something similar. That was the worst thing because like, growing up in the backwoods, if something broke, you didn't have the part, you were kind of shit out of luck. On a similar note, how old, do you remember, was the oldest you could be and still ride one of those, like, like they were small cars, essentially, that you could... The coin-op ones that, you know... No, 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 not the coin-op ones. Like, you'd buy it from a Walmart. It was fucking expensive. And oh, you... Power Wheels. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. See, I never got Power Wheels. I desperately wanted... Power Wheels. My mom obviously wanted to buy us, you know, Power Wheels. You want to make your kids happy. But they were not going to work on dirt roads. They just were going to get zero traction. And I remember there was one time we found it was a Hummer and it had rubber wheels, but it was like $1,500. And my mom said, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> and I saw one at the local, you know, our Walmart here. It was, Hummer was a uh, Ford F-150 and it had been marked down to 150 and i told my wife like that is still too expensive for something she can only use for maybe three years one sorry 150 dollars or it, yeah it had been marked it, had been, it was down to 150 dollars original price 450 i don't know 150 dollars seems cheap enough for something that would last three years that seems like a deal to me ah no that one was a bit too much and also i, I have worked at walmart so i know if it's out on the clearance there's something wrong with it oh okay true enough like, it was out of the box, so that meant, you know, the axle was bent, or the wiring was shit, or there was something that was wrong with it. Hmm. I never I never actually had one of these. I, remember, I thought they were cool. I dated a girl once. She woke up in the middle of the night to a drunk guy trying to steal her Barbie Jeep. <laughs> he, you know, he actually made it like a block and a half before the battery died and the cop showed up. <laughs> All right. I was Smart like, that must have been a traumatizing experience. Yeah, I went and told my parents, some guy's trying to steal my Barbie Jeep. It's funny, I feel like Barbie, now, neither one of us has any sort of frat reference for Barbie, but I do know that there was a cartoon a couple of years ago that seemed really self-aware. It was Barbie, but Barbie aware that she was a doll, essentially, and it was hilarious. I only watched like a couple episodes, but well, the idea that- Well, isn't that the pitch for the new Barbie movie? I don't know, but I just, I just I've got the impression that Barbie as a brand is evolving in a, you know, intelligence, so, which is- Nice to hear. I had a Barbie still going strong. Again, I've got a daughter, so she's may play with Barbie. I'm going to steer her more towards Transformers because I want to be able to relate to my kid. And I just, I don't understand Barbie. I have never been as a kid. I'm like, I don't understand what you do with Barbie. No. Well, ideally, I suppose the psychological, what's going on, especially with, okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. I was going to say it's like, <laughs> I was going to say it's like you could put yourself in Barbie's shoes more, especially because it's just a regular person. But Barbie also is this ridiculously specific ideal. But they've kind of gotten away from that by giving all 
different kinds of Barbies. I don't know. I never had Barbies. I don't know anyone who did. I had a one friend growing up who was a girl who I think she had some, but I don't I don't really remember that. So yeah, because I even asked Slagathor before recording if she had Barbies and played with them, and she said, "Yeah, a little," but I really enjoyed my Furby more. Which we're both but Furby. Ah! Thank you, thank you. We were both kids in the '90s. I never understood Furbies. I still do not understand Furbies. Furbies are terrifying. You'd be sleeping in the middle of the night, and suddenly it'd start talking to you. I have heard horror stories about that. I remember immediately thinking, oh my god, the thing's a mogwai. Yeah, it does look a lot like a mogwai. And they eventually made a mogwai, which, like, don't steer into the curve. That's not a, no. Yeah, I was, I was anti-Furby, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> did not, I never got the appeal of Furbies. That was not for me. I always want Star Wars toys. Did you ever have any Star Wars toys? Mm, I, I liked to get the, the lightsabers that would, like, extend. That was yeah. bad. My mom was against weapons because six boys they're just going to beat each other with them fair enough i always wanted star wars toys but again as they are today as they were then too damn expensive hmm. i i've come to the conclusion i'm going to use my children as an excuse to buy myself toys to play with i think that's a normal parent thing like that that's why i'm like no no you don't want barbies you want the gi joe command tower that shoots rockets oh you know what's funny we talk about this whole like collecting and thing like that i remember I have this very strong memory. When I was about eight years old, my mom took me. My mom had all these various friends that I don't really remember. They only came in like once or twice because she was always moving through different social groups. But she met this guy who had a wall filled with Batman toys, but they were oh. all in package. So I remember going there, seeing this because he was a collector, right? He, mm -hmm. Like this was one of those classic, you know, mint in box kind of guys. So. I'm like eight years old, and there's this giant wall of Batman toys, and particularly the Batmobiles, which can do like all the crazy things. Like there's an RC Batmobile with like rock, you know, rockets that can come out the side and shit. And I couldn't touch any of it. So maybe that was like a, an experience early on that poisoned me to the idea of collecting. <laughs> I understand. My brother had Spawn action figure and the Spawn mobile that I was never allowed to touch or play with. I didn't know that Spawn had a mobile. <laughs> yeah he had like these big like the seatbelts of course were chains of and course. the spikes had the tire spikes on the tires and it was peak 90s spawn with spikes on everything oh so edgy so the thing one, is, i don't know what happened to that thing so one kind of toy that you would imagine i would but i really didn't growing up was pokemon because i love pokemon i love most things about pokemon i still play Pokemon to this day. The oldest physical possession I have in the entirety of my possession is my copy of Pokemon Blue version that I've had since I was like four years old. All right. Damn. I still have that. But as much as I've always loved the games, I've never cared for the physical toys because physical toys always tended to suck. You yeah, they never made good Pokemon or Digimon toys for that matter. Well, I'll get there in just a second. But a few exceptions. Like I had a Blastoise that actually squirted water out of the, the cannons. That was awesome. It was just like a bath toy. But that was like it. I think I had a Charizard that was actually pretty cool because they would shoot projectiles. But again, none of them were ever movable. Most of the toys were meant to just fit inside Pokeball. I had one time I had one of those like Master Balls that has a yo-yo kind of string on it. The idea was it had like a switch inside it that you'd throw it out. I remember that commercial. Yeah, and it was actually pretty cool. But those are exceptions. Most Pokemon toys tended to not be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that as a kid, and I still think it today. As big as Pokemon was in the 90s, why did we never get decent Pokemon toys? Now, as for Digimon, I had three rock-solid Digimon toys. Or no, four. I had just four. I had an Agumon that would transform into War Greymon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I had all of them were Transformers. That's why I like these. So, ah. anyway, so I had the Agumon that transformed into War Greymon. I had a Greymon that would transform into Metal Greymon. So between those two toys, I had all four of the main like forms. Then I had a Gabumon that would turn into Metal Gurumon, and I had a Gurumon that would turn into Wear Guru. So with those four toys, I had like all of the main forms of those two main Digimon. In terms of Digimon toys, I only ever had these little tiny three inch tall you know vinyl figures that was the most i ever did because i could never find you know digimon toys where was the market on that i would have loved if they had done more of those well like i said i found 
those four really rock solid transforming Digimon toys. I think I got mine at Toys R Us. So, oh, if we're gonna have a discussion about Toys R Us, or I mean toys, we have to take a moment to just talk about Toys R Us, don't we? Yeah, literally the the kingdom of toys. I remember when I was a child, feeling like Toys R Us was its own city. We go in there and just skyscrapers of toys. Uh huh. Well, again, this is different for me because Toys R Us. We maybe went once a year because most of the places we didn't have a Toys R Us. It was a special occasion. And it was a reward. You've been good. You get to go to Toys R Us and pick out one toy. And this is the funny thing. Toys R Us always was better in my mind than it was in actual. I can believe that. I mean, I'm thinking that my memories of Toys R Us are certainly nostalgic-coded. Oh, yeah. Mine as well. Well, the thing about Toys R Us and the story is I've talked about it. it. I had an uncle who always used to give us gift cards. And my dad hated this. If you're curious about that story, we talked. I talked about it on Twitter. Anyways, and we get the Toys R Us gift card near, you know, the end of the Toys R Us run, and it was always really exciting to go there. But the problem became is near. I don't know if this is near the end of Toys R Us because technically they just ended. But I remember near the end of my experience with toys and playing with them, Toys R Us never had the toys I wanted. So then maybe that's that's my last memory of Toys R Us is going in with a gift card and spending an hour there. My dad going. Can't you find anything? Come on, we need to go. Like, no, none of these toys are all that great. See, I remember exactly at my very purchase at Toys R Us, and it wasn't a toy necessarily, but it was also one of the most important things I had as a child. So the last purchase I made at Toys R Us, I don't know how old I was. I think it was like 10, and we went there. I had gotten a new PlayStation 2, and we were I was living with my mom in a trailer. We only had one TV, so I... I didn't have a chance to play it. So my grandmother got me from Toys R Us a screen that just sat on top of the PlayStation 2. That was awesome. Directly in. Yeah. I had that as well. That made traveling yeah. so much easier. Exactly. So then wherever I went, I would bring my PlayStation 2 with me. And I was mostly playing Kingdom Hearts at the time. But I remember playing so much on that, that little screen. The last purchase, I distinctly remember the last purchase that I made at Toys R Us. I think I was 13. Because 13 was the last real time I played with toys. And it was this construction robot. Like, literally, he was a tractor and a robot. And it came with this little cool screwdriver that you could take his arms and his legs off and swap parts. And you made them, you know, fight. And then, you know, you got to combine the parts. And I had one at home that was a tank. And this one was a tractor. And I'm like, oh, cool. And that was the last thing I remember buying at Toys R Us. And I had that toy forever. Because I loved taking the parts off and, you know, swapping them out and making them fight. Again, hmm. he stayed together. I like toys with swappable parts and stuff like that. Now, we're kind of approaching the, the time. So before we go on, I want to talk about the greatest toy that any child ever have that has been true for forever. A stick. Yeah. Every child at some <laughs> point finds the joys of the simple joys of a stick. And I feel like I always think of the log from Ren Stimpy, you know, what rolls downstairs was better in pairs. <laughs> so, yeah. No. I mean, it's funny because Rinsipi was making fun of the idea of super overhyped like, toys that don't actually do anything, which there were plenty of. But they were doing it with a log when in reality a log, or at least a stick, which is similar, was always pretty awesome. Like You know that when you're a kid and you found that good stick, that one like really nice, it doesn't have sharp edges, doesn't have like twigs off of it, just a good shape stick. You know? No, we had an orchard growing up, and every spring my dad would go and prune, which meant hundreds of perfectly length, nice, smooth cherry sticks for swords and spears and javelins and whatever we wanted. Because kids just want to beat the hell out of everything, apparently. Well, boys do. I know that. At least that's true for my family. Like I said, we had an arsenal. I think girls do, too. It's just, you give them the opportunity, they'll hit you with a stick just as easily. <laughs> Dad, that's how I intend to raise my daughter. So I think that's a good, you know, closing out point on toys of our childhood. Let us know down below what are your some of your favorites that you had growing up. What are ones you miss? What are ones you remember? There were so many different toys throughout history. I mean, we even touch on things like model trains. So yeah, oh, tell yeah. us. Tell we us can what... do a whole other podcast just on toys. Yeah. Point is, you tell us what your favorite toy growing up is. I'm curious. And if you think I'm a monster about Lego, let me know. Or if you think I'm a fool about Lego, let me know. All right, so it's on to suggestions of the week. Yours is a little more on. Yours is more on topic, so go ahead. Okay, 
Mine is an awesome Netflix series, which if you haven't watched it and you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, you need to. Is called The Toys That Made Us. What's it is about? currently an eight-part documentary with each separate part of the documentary being about a different toy. They've done Lego, G.I. Joe's, He-Man, Barbie, Hello Kitty, Legos, Star Trek. I know I'm missing. Oh, I never had any Star Trek toys. Oh, Neither on. did I. And I didn't have a real interest in Star Trek toys. But the documentary is done so well, even if these aren't toys you're interested in, you're curious about the history and how they came about. Fun fact about Legos, when they were first produced, they were first made in wood, but when they got changed over to plastic, the founder made a rule they will never be gray Lego bricks because he, you know, survived World War II and he didn't want the kids to build tanks. So the very first <laughs> castle was made with yellow bricks, which is now a very valuable set. And they quickly retracted the no gray bricks clause because no one wanted a yellow castle. Plus, people make green tanks now, so... <laughs> Well, they kind of go into the whole when they got into Star Wars and how they justified that. So this is a great series. We're about an hour long. All sorts of fun facts. Like Barbie was based on a sex doll. And I am both surprised and not saying Go watch The Toys That Made Us and find out more. All right. It sounds like a great little documentary. My suggestion of the week is a video game, only tangentially connected to childhood, which is I finally got around to playing the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game. I need to do this. It is awesome there's the, the best way to describe it is there's a meme i saw where it was you know from ratatouille where the the critic is eating the food and then it like <laughs> so it shows him eating playstation 4 spider-man or playing it and it cuts to him with playstation like 2 or gamecube spider-man 2 which that game is amazing and that meme is very very accurate like it it really cut me back because i played that spider-man 2 on playstation 2 tons when i was young and this game i mean the main thing you gotta sell the spider-man game is the swinging like how you go about the city has to be fun and this game has it very very good i would say maybe not quite as good as spider-man 2 because it's got more focus on like using point web shots than just like kind of swinging about but it still feels incredible and the storyline is great and basically every positive thing you've probably heard about it seems to be true i'm about I don't know, 30 hours into the game at this point and i'm loving it yeah i've heard it's incredible if you have a vr setup i haven't tried that but i don't have a vr setup. yeah neither do i but i've heard people like yeah it's incredible all right well that is this week's episode as always thank you for listening be sure to like share and subscribe because if you don't then this channel is going to disappear and of course if you are not already watching us or listening to this on soundcloud if you're listening to it on youtube you know thank you but also you can find us on soundcloud where there's no algorithm no ads and you can download us it's a lot better overall so as always this has been lord commander Ulrich, and his shield brother axel wright be sure to tune in next time and as always stay honorable <laughs>